So this morning, uh, in this session, I'd like to begin by sharing some reflections on loving-kindness and the, what we call the heart practices, and I'll say a little more about those in a minute, that, um, that we cultivate, that are wholesome, that help us live with greater ease and greater freedom and help us open to our hearts, to ourselves, to others and to, and to the world. We kind of want to put that in some context for our, for our time together and the context for our time, the time that we're living in as well. Um, I want to begin with a short um, piece from uh, Christina Feldman, who is a, um, from the UK and uh, one of the leading insight meditation teachers um, of our time. She says, Your emotional world is both personal and universal. As you open to the rhythms of your heart, you meet a lifetime's accumulation of sorrow, grief, and hurt. You encounter your capacity for rage, resentment, harshness, and fear. You also meet your capacity for tenderness, intimacy, and joy. The language of your emotions is universal. Grief, sadness, the longing to love and be loved. The capacity to experience and to inflict hurt. The language of your heart teaches you about your interconnectedness and your interdependence. You can reach out to someone who's grieving because you know what grief is. You can comfort someone who's hurt, fearful or sad, because you know the contours of those feelings in your own heart. You can hold another person's sorrow in the tenderness of compassion because you know what it means to be held in the compassion of another. So each one of us has the capacity to do great harm or great good in our lives and in the world. You know, I was speaking yesterday about you know, what, are, what are the seeds that we sow or what wolf do we feed? Do we feed our anger and our fear or our greed? Or do we feed kindness and compassion, love, peace, joy? Not in any way to make certain emotions better than other emotions. They're all natural responses of the heart and mind to what we're experiencing. When we feel we're under threat, we will naturally go into a defensive mode, a fight or flight mode. We know this. We've got to run away. We've got to defend ourselves. So when we feel fear, we want, to, we want to get away. When we feel anger, we want to hit out. When we feel grief, we want to collapse and be, perhaps be comforted. These are natural qualities of the heart. We all respond to the, these emotions. 
what's crucial is how we deal with them, how we, how we meet those emotions. Do we turn our anger, rather than allowing ourselves to feel it, do we turn it outward on somebody else and say, you're, you're at fault, you know, I need to get rid of you or do something about you? Or do we, or do we allow that, the feeling to come and go with any of these emotions we can meet them with wisdom and kindness, or we can meet them unskillfully. And so, you know, in the, in the larger picture of how we see our world, um, the Buddhist practice or teachings is not to see anyone as bad or evil. Yes, we make choices, um, and our behavior can be unskillful. But if we turn somebody into the other or the enemy, Tara Brach often uses the phrase, the unreal other, then we separate ourselves from them. And we create suffering in doing that. That's not in any way to say there aren't people doing great harm in the world. Absolutely to acknowledge the truth of that and the need to respond wisely to that and kindly and appropriately to that. But... If we get caught up in, you're the bad person, you're wrong, you know, we get into the struggle of self and other that just really perpetuates conflict. I think that's particularly important in our time today where divisions are so, so deep and so painful, where there's the sense of us and them and, you know, self and other is very, very strong. And it... At times, at a time like this, and you know, it's been a long time since I've known any time quite like this, these practices, I think, are, are really indispensable, absolutely indispensable. You know, a lot of, there's a line from Leonard Cohen, he says, the heart has got to open in a fundamental way. You know, the heart has got to open. The, we, we need to respond not from you know, from our own, you know, defending our own position, you know, on the battle, battle, battlefield, battlements, you know, that we, that we hold, open our hearts to everybody. And, and that involves both wisdom and compassion. It's not just being, kind of, it's certainly not being a doormat, but it's, but it's, keeping our hearts open even to those we might, might most strongly disagree with. And as I've said, this is a practice, it's a training. It's not where necessarily we begin. For most of us, we don't begin there. So we'll be practicing over in these days and um, today and tomorrow and opening our hearts and typically beginning where it's easier and then cultivating an openness of heart step by step, building that, building that muscle, if you like. This, there's a story um, in Buddhism of the um, origin of the loving-kindness meditation. Um, and the this, this story goes that... Um, Kind of a, you can see it as a legendary story, but, but kind of reinforces the teachings. In the story the, of the origins of loving-kindness meditation, a group of monks went to, the, to a forest to meditate. 
And the spirits of the forest, kind of the, the lived in the forest, resented their intrusion. Who are you to come and meditate or do, you know, interfere with our lives here in this forest? And so they um, emitted fearful sounds, scary sounds and awful smells that greatly disconcerted the monks who then went back to the Buddha and asked for a more serene place to meditate. You know, that's kind of a natural response, isn't it? Something kind of awful, oh, I don't like this. I want something much nicer than this. So they go back to the Buddha and say, Can, couldn't you give us a nice, <laughs> a nice forest with friendly spirits where we could meditate and be calm and peaceful? And, and the Buddha said no. But he taught them the practice of loving kindness, the practice of cultivating a heart that can be open to pain and suffering. And the, and the monks went back to the forest and the spirits of the forest felt their love, felt their kindness, their friendliness, and then welcomed and protected them. In a way, this is obviously a kind of a legendary story, but it has a real beauty to it because it actually does speak, certainly in my experience, to how when, if I can go from the shutdown place, the fight or flight, the fearful place, and allow my heart to open, the difficulties are still, may still be there, but, but I can make space for them. And I'm not in this you know, tight, contracted, fearful place. And this is the quality that we can, we can cultivate with loving kindness. Sharon Salzberg, which um, I, probably many of you are familiar with, one of the leading insight meditation teachers, commented on this story of the origins of, of the loving kindness practice. She said, the inner meaning of the story is that a mind filled with fear can still be penetrated by the quality of loving kindness. A mind filled with fear can still be affected and penetrated by, uh, by loving kindness. Moreover, a mind that is saturated by loving kindness cannot be overcome by fear. Even if fear should arise, it will not overpower such a mind. So if our hearts are really filled with loving kindness or compassion or any of these other heart qualities, fear may still arise, but it doesn't become the kind of defining quality of the mind, the overpowering quality of the mind. So I said that yesterday, loving kindness is a quality that is described as boundless and immeasurable because with training, there's, there's no limit to the kindness and love that we can feel for ourselves and for others and ultimately for all beings. The, I want to just frame loving kindness in, in the context of um, the Buddhist teachings. Um, it is, um, loving kindness is one of um, the four heart qualities that are called in the Pali language, Brahma Viharas. Brahma means Brahma was a god in kind of the ancient times, and Vihara is a home or a house. So sometimes the term used is a divine abode. 
Sometimes it might be a beautiful home, a beautiful place for the heart to abide is in one of these qualities. There's four qualities. And you can think of the first one, loving kindness, as um, really a, a kind of an unselfish love, a love that or a friendliness, doesn't have to be love in, certainly not in our, necessarily in our traditional or in our cultural conception, modern conception of love, which is, you know, often very much permeated by attachment and often sometimes by clinging as well. So, but it's a, a, a love that's, you could call it an unselfish love, that we can feel as much for somebody that we don't know, somebody maybe a, a long way away, as for somebody who's close to us. It's a quality of, of an open heart. It's, it's something, it's a quality that naturally arises when, when we're not caught up in, you know, if we're caught up in fear, what happens is, or in any of the kind of, difficult emotions, we go into a kind of um, tunnel vision. You know, we, we only see what's right in front of us. When we open to the, the positive, what are sometimes called positive emotions, like love or joy or contentment, happiness, um, what happens is our range of, of choices open up. You know, so you can think of it as like fear being contracted, anger tightening up, and joy, compassion, love, the heart opening up. So that sense of really of spaciousness. So with loving kindness, um, so loving kindness is, is, is really a naturally arising quality when we're not caught up, when we're able to let go of fear and anger and the more challenging emotions, we're able to see them come and let them go, then what naturally arises is we see somebody who's happy, then we feel happy. We see somebody, um, you know, just going through their life. That we, what naturally opens is, is a, an attitude of kindness towards them, friendliness. It's kind of what, what, what we want to do as, as humans. They've even done, there's been research on rats and how rats have a kind of a pro-social, they'll free another rat who's caught in a, in a you know, locked up in a cage and suffering. You know, these, these responses, these responses of connection and kindness go way back even before humans. I don't want to overstate the, the rat's, um, um, you know, open-hearted qualities. I mean, but in, in, in the sense of looking, you know, caring for another fellow rat, um, that these qualities naturally arise. And we can also cultivate them. We can cultivate them. We can invite their arising. You know, we can... You know, may, they may not be present, but we can intentionally wish for them to arise. So what we'll be doing are practices that invite them to arise, or if they're already present, to invite them to expand. And it's, we're really focusing on the intention of kindness to ourselves and to others. So loving kindness can be seen as... Um, Gil Fronstell, a West Coast, wonderful West Coast uh, teacher, Spirit Rock Center, um, 
speaks about these qualities as the four faces of love. He says the heart has four faces. Each sees the world in a different way and speaks with a different purpose. Yet each aspect belongs to the same heart. They They are inseparable, like the four directions of a compass. So the first of these qualities of the heart, these first, if you like, of these four faces of the heart is loving kindness that can go out to include all beings everywhere. And that's the intention of our practice and to, to train the heart in this way. The second of the qualities and the, and, uh, the Pali word, as many of you probably know, is, um, is metta, M-E-T-T-A, metta is loving-kindness. What's normally called in English loving-kindness is metta in the language of the Buddha, first language of the Buddha's teachings, loving-kindness, metta. The second quality is compassion. It's this same unselfish love, this heart being open, you could call it an awakened or an awakening heart, meeting suffering, seeing somebody who's suffering, what naturally arises, if we're not closed down, because if we're closed down, those quali- it's hard for that quality to arise. But if the heart is open, then what naturally arises is compassion, caring for the well-being of that person, responding to their suffering and wanting to help alleviate that, their suffering. This is compassion. It's been called the quivering of the heart in response to suffering. So we see somebody who's hurt or fallen over or burned themselves or whatever. We, we, we want to reach out. We have this natural inclination to do it. We even have neurons in the brain. You've probably heard of mirror neurons where we see somebody else's pain and we respond with pain to that pain. You know, the, the, with the same brain um, areas are, are activated by that, by that suffering. So it's a natural quality of of, re, of of caring and reaching out. This is compassion, the second quality, karuna, K-A-R-U-N-A, karuna, the, the heart opening in response to the suffering, uh, the suffering of another, but also for ourselves. You know, I'll be talking today also about self-compassion and the importance of self-compassion, of taking care of ourselves. So self-compassion, uh, the second of these qualities. The third is when the heart meets the happiness of another, somebody who's, who's actually doing well, who's had a success, who's graduated from college, who's had a baby, who's um, got, a, got a, a, a very, um, you know, great new job. You know, when the heart is open, what naturally arises is, is happiness in their happiness. This is called, sometimes called in English, sympathetic joy, or appreciative joy, joy in the joy or the happiness, joy in the well-being of another. It's a natural quality. Now, often in our culture, in our world, they, they kind of that would be may not be the natural response. The natural response: Oh, why didn't I get that prize? You know, or you know, oh, why do they have more of that than I do? You know, I mean. But then that's because we're in a place of tightness and, and clinging that, we, that, we, that the heart doesn't open in that way. But if we can, if we can abandon the, the clinging, what naturally arises is, is joy, sympathetic joy in, 
um, in the happiness of, of the other. It could be our own happiness too, joy in our own happiness. And the fourth quality is equanimity. And equanimity ar- arises in, and can be cultivated as one as a way of balancing these other qualities of compassion, loving kindness, sympathetic joy. Because these can, can without awareness, turn into something that's very diff- different than the particular quality that we're talking about. So, for example, compassion, if the heart, if there's a lack of awareness, the, that could turn into pity. You know, compassion is very different from pity. Pity, there's a me up here and a you down there, or, you know, there's the above and below. Um, loving kindness could turn into attachment or craving. You know, it could have that loving quality, but with, with a sense of wanting to hold on to something. So equanimity balances these qualities, keeps them in that, in that space of really a, a, of an open heart. And it's also a quality that, of heart that we can express when there isn't a particular call to express for, for our response to be in a particular way, like compassion or like joy in the happiness of another. It's an evenness of mind and heart that, um, that balances and, and, um, and allows our heart to be open. So the, um, the third quality is mudita, is sympathetic joy in Pali, and upeka, equanimity, the fourth of these qualities. With this, with the conscious practice of loving kindness, what we're doing is we're inviting the arising of the, the, this quality of heart and mind. If it's loving kindness or it's compassion or joy or equanimity, we're inviting that quality to arise. So with loving kindness, we're intending, wishing for the well-being of the person or people that we're sending the wishes of loving-kindness to. Typically, in this practice of loving-kindness, we, we use certain words and phrases just to evoke that sense of, 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 of kindness and friendliness. You know, it could be, and we can, they can vary and you can choose phrases that really speak to you, really resonate with you. You know, typically be, may I be happy, may I be safe, may I be peaceful, may I live with ease. And just inviting a reflection, just a, a repetition of these phrases internally as you send the wishes of kindness to the person yourself or another. We can also 
touch into and connect with feelings associated with loving kindness. So see if in in our bodies we're uh, experiencing in our hearts or in our belly or in our face feelings of kindness or warmth or any other sensations that are coming up. We kind of invite those to, to arise if they're present and expand. And we can also use visualization. We can visualize ourselves maybe in a place where we are feeling happy or peaceful um, or use an image of another person in a, in a state of happiness or in different conditions. We could visualize ourselves as a child or as a baby and, and as a way of helping to, helping to open our hearts. So just to begin, we'll sit in a way that's relaxed and comfortable. Feeling your body here on the chair or the cushion. You might invite a a smile to your face. Think about a loved one or a dear friend or pet. could take a full breath or two to just to help you settle into being here. You could scan your body, just moving the attention down and invite Areas where you might be feeling tight or tense to soften and relax. The eyes, facial muscles, the mouth, the jaw, the throat, the chest and the belly. Just letting your awareness rest there and inviting a softening, relaxing, letting go of any holding, if you can, any tension or clenching of muscles, the shoulders, the arms and the legs, down the body. a moment to reflect on a few things in your life that you feel grateful for. Just take a a moment to reflect on things, maybe people or qualities or conditions 
that you feel grateful for. Allow yourself to take in any feelings that come up when you think about someone or something you feel grateful for. Let yourself feel it. Let yourself breathe that in and feel it in your chest or your belly or your face or anywhere. You might think of a time that you were happy or peaceful or joyful. Think about that, the time and the place. If you can, just kind of bring yourself back there. Not as a story, but just as a way of touching into feelings of warmth or ease or well-being or peace. The time you felt really happy or peaceful or at ease. See if you can touch into the quality of heart and mind and body that that you felt, maybe that you feel now. Maybe it was contentment or joy peace or a sense of well-being again take in the feelings appreciate whatever is arising and And if nothing is arising or whatever is arising, see if you can just meet it with with kindness and friendliness.
you might take a moment to to think about your life and your wish to be happy and peaceful, to take care of yourself, to love, to be loved. Just the natural quality of wanting to be happy that we all share. Just think about your own wish to be happy and how you've sought to achieve happiness in your life. All of us have made mistakes, done things we've regretted, but not to focus on those overly at this moment, just to recognize your wish to be happy like all beings. You might imagine looking at yourself through the eyes of a of a loved one, somebody who really cares about you, or through your own eyes. If it's helpful, you could put your hand on your heart, your hand on your belly, just connecting with uh, this life, this being that you know better than anyone in the world. And just wishing for your own well-being, your own happiness. Maybe recognizing the things right now that make it difficult to be happy. Maybe there's fear or there's grief or there's anger. Whatever arises, see if you can hold those with care and with kindness. And you can, if you'd like to, you could just silently repeat these phrases or adapt them or use your own. These phrases of loving kindness. May I be happy. May I be happy. Just breathe in that wish for yourself that you be happy. That you be truly happy. May I be happy. May I be safe and free from harm. Just breathing in that wish for safety that we all have. We all wish to be free from danger, free from physical and mental harm. Just wishing that for yourself. May I be safe and free from harm. Breathing in that wish. May I be peaceful and healthy. May I be peaceful and healthy. So breathing in that, a wish for yourself that you know peace and good health. You know, and in any of these phrases, Adapt them to your own circumstances. 
so that they resonate for you as much as possible or find your own phrases that speak to you. May I be peaceful and healthy. May I live with ease and with kindness. May I live with ease and with kindness. Taking in whatever feelings are arise, whatever comes up. You can silently repeat the phrases if you'd like. May I be happy. May I be safe and free from harm. May I be peaceful and healthy. May I live with ease and with kindness. If you'd like to shorten them, you can do that. Just whatever, whatever feels right to you. Even letting go of the phrases and just touching into the feelings, if any, that arise. Be aware of whatever comes up for you. See if you can hold this with kindness. inviting the arising of these qualities and just having the intention of wishing yourself well
We don't have to expect something to come up. We're just planting the seeds. It may be that feelings of kindness for yourself may may arise, or it may not. But just continue to plant the seeds with the words and the phrases, visualizing if it's helpful, visualizing yourself perhaps being in a place of peace, of ease that you're not in right now, or a time that you were feeling happy. Just touching into those feelings, just to help evoke that feeling of kindness. But really we're planting seeds and we don't know when or where or how they're going to bloom or if they are. But if we nurture them, the prospects of our heart opening are are much stronger. If you feel ready now, you might expand the circle of loving kindness out to include a dear friend or a loved one, someone who's cared deeply for you. And if you can, let their image come into your heart and your mind. You might imagine them sitting right in front of you and looking into your eyes. Reflecting on their wish to be happy and safe and free from harm. Appreciating all that they've done for or given to you. Letting their image come up and sending wishes of kindness. May you be happy. May you be happy. May you be safe and free from harm. May may you be peaceful and healthy. May you live with ease and with kindness.
as you're continuing this practice of loving-kindness, now towards a dear friend or loved one or a benefactor. I'm going to just share a short reading from Thich Nhat Hanh, a Vietnamese Zen teacher and poet and activist. This resonates with me a lot because the first person that tends to come up in my loving-kindness meditation is my mother, who's now getting older and in difficult conditions with memory loss. And I'm just so grateful for her life, bringing up nine children and 20 grandchildren. So this, this is Thich Nhat Hanh talking about his mother. He said, The day my mother died, I wrote in my journal... A serious misfortune of my life has arrived. I suffered for more than a year after the passing away of my mother. But one night in the highlands of Vietnam, I was sleeping in the hut of my hermitage. I dreamed of my mother. I saw myself sitting with her, and we were having a wonderful talk. She looked young and beautiful, her hair flowing down. It was so pleasant to sit there and talk to her, as if she had never died. When I woke up, it was about two in the morning, and I felt very strongly that I had never lost my mother. The impression that my mother was still with me was very clear. I understood then that the idea of having lost my mother was just an idea. It was obvious in that moment that my mother is always alive in me. I opened the door and went outside. The entire hillside was bathed in moonlight. It was a hill covered with tea plants, and my hut was set behind the temple halfway up. Walking slowly in the moonlight through the rows of tea plants, I noticed my mother was still with me. She was the moonlight caressing me as she had so often done. Very tender, very sweet, wonderful. Each time my feet touched the earth, I knew my mother was there with me. I knew this body was not mine alone, but a living continuation of my mother and my father and my grandparents and great-grandparents of all my ancestors. These feet that I saw as my feet, were actually our feet. Together my mother and I were leaving footprints in the damp soil. So whoever it is that you're sending the wishes of loving kindness to, Just wishing them well, including yourself too in this well-wishing. May you be happy. May we be happy. Safe, free from harm. Healthy, peaceful. May we live with ease and with kindness. 
sending the wishes of kindness out. I'd like to just invite us to include to, particularly now today, in these days, those who are suffering from the separation of families at the border, the young children who are, who are separated from their parents and loved ones, parents who don't know many in cases where their children are, just opening our hearts in compassion, without judgment, but with, with the intention of alleviating the suffering. Maybe sending a wish of well-being, of happiness, of compassion, of care to all of them and all, all those who are rallying today to try and change policies that, that lead to harm and to everybody, not separating ourselves from each other, recognizing that we all co-create the society that we live in. Just letting as much as you can your heart be open, sending wishes of loving kindness and compassion. May you be safe, free from harm. May you know happiness. May you know peace and well-being. May you live with ease and with and with kindness. just as we finish this meditation this morning, I'd invite you to include in your walking meditation and in your, throughout your day, the practice of loving kindness, of paying attention, being present, and consciously wishing well to others, wishing well to those of us who are here together if we pass in the, in the hall or in the dining room or sitting near someone, we can very easily just send a wish of well-being and happiness. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy and well. Whatever words, whatever language, or without words, just the feeling, letting it, letting it arise in you. And it's a training. It's not... For some of us, loving kindness was not the easiest or the yeah the easiest practice for us at initially. I remember for some years I would practice loving kindness, and often it would feel somewhat kind of almost ritualistic or kind of like you're saying the words. But the more I was able to touch into my heart, the more. I could see that this is 
a really indispensable quality for living our lives in the world. That if we don't train ourselves to open with love and with joy and with compassion, that that we're living a, a somewhat tight and stunted existence, that we're living less than fully. So the invitation is if you can just breathe a, that wish of kindness to yourself and to others, bringing it into your day, to the animals that are around us, the groundhogs and the insects, maybe the ones we like and the ones we don't like, including them too in, in this practice of loving kindness. finish with this poem from uh, Derek Walcott, the Caribbean poet who died uh, last year, won the Nobel Prize in the 90s. This is called Love After Love. The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror And each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who is yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you have ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes, peel your own image from the mirror, sit, feast on your life. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.